0: The Carolina Panthers have officially been eliminated from the playoffs, so we're going to examine how we got here, what big decisions are coming, and why Panthers fans should have some hope today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, happy Tuesday! Uh, it's
1: the first of our looks at NFL teams eliminated from the playoffs. We do this annually. A little bit different presentation this time around. Uh, I think it'd probably be fair to classify this as a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Just not in that order.
0: Just not in that order at all.
1: So I would say for Carolina specifically, we're probably going to start with the bad. And then we'll do the ugly. And then we'll do the good.
0: That's probably pretty fair. If you, if you wanted fair. to
1: justify the ugly being first and the bad being second, we could do that. But we're going to well, do what the heck happened, how we got here, and then we're going to look at what you have to work with, and then we're going to talk about reasons
0: for optimism moving forward. Shall we? Let's do it. And and the good news is fans of teams that don't make the playoffs, you're going to get one of these episodes on your team. So, yep, Panthers every, just happen to be the first one out. Team. Every team. All that's right. what happens when you start 1 in 11. Yeah, that's not that's not working. helpful. Yeah, so how do we get here? Well, we're 1 in 11. But here's the reality is I think two major things stand out to me as we get into the how we got here. The autopsy uh, is a phrase that you've used uh, that I really like. I think two big things. You mismanaged your decisions at head coach and quarterback, not just right now, but recently throughout the last few opportunities to get a head coach and the last few opportunities to get a quarterback. Um, Matt Rule, that's a goofy hire. And you parlayed that into Frank Reich, who um, I don't think we can point all of our fingers at Frank Reich and feel like, you know what, had to go, wasn't going to happen with him. I think he deserved more of an opportunity. I don't know what could have happened in the span of uh, nine, 10 months that would say, hey, this is the guy that can lead our organization moving forward to, you know what, irreconcilable differences can't do it. Um, And so you've, you've, you've right or wrong the firing, you've, made mistakes. And the same thing applies to the quarterback position, whether it's um, a decision that I disagree with in drafting Bryce young, but also the sense cam Newton, right? Even, even late stage cam Newton, every, every, every step of the way it's, it's been incorrect. And so the two most important things you can do for a football team is get a head coach and a quarterback. And you haven't done that. And so it's unsurprising that you're in line to have the number one overall pick, despite not actually getting to make that selection. And when you go over uh, the rest of the state of this roster,
1: because I I don't think it's a particularly deep roster, I think it's a roster that has talent, but they've been slammed with injuries this year. Yeah. They got slammed with injuries up front. They got slammed with injuries in the back seven on defense. And they they haven't had the bodies to sustain it. And a lot of that comes back to how much cash and capital resources did you invest in annually swinging on a quarterback? Right, it it's, it is such a root of the player personnel. You can talk about team culture, and you can talk about the coaching, and like I think that's a separate conversation. But from a player personnel perspective, to swing so frequently, so aggressively, and so ineffectively, it's like Dan Ugla hacking at sliders in the dirt.
0: Ooh, I love that. Or trying to and make it's like how did second how first. did Dan,
1: how did Dan Ugla manage to bat two oh four but hit. 34 home runs and strike out 220 times because he swings at anything. Yeah. And that's, that's what Carolina the past four years. And look, you found the conviction to go up and and go to the number one overall pick and draft a quarterback. I think that's at the very least a step in the right direction because it it gives you some sustainability in a window instead of just annually saying, Oh, well that didn't work. So let's trade more picks. Yep. Let's sign another guy. Yeah, let's trade up with New England and draft Matt Corral for him to not make the roster in year two. Like all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like it's just been miss, 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 so miss. Imagine
1: if you you used all those resources if you if you picked the lane and stayed in, if you stayed with Teddy Bridgewater hypothetically, and you used all those other assets for the rest of your roster, you could probably yeah, gain through the injuries that have just whitewashed this team. Yeah a lot more effectively
0: you mentioned injuries no bigger issue than the guard position Kyle they've played seven different right guards this year they've played six different left guards that's supposed to be Austin Corbett and Brady Christensen Corbett of course late injury in 2022 Mm -hmm. impacted this year and then he got hurt again and then Brady Christensen got hurt so you're just you're rotating guards left and right
1: Chandler Zavala
0: Right, replacement level players. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're not good. And then defensively, you mentioned the injuries. Shaq Thompson, JC Horn, Jeremy Chin. I mean, why don't you just add Brian Burns to that list to get your four most important defensive players injured? So what's been impressive though is really I think the last five or six games defensively, they've they've played a lot better. Um, and they're, they're starting get to get some of those guys back, but or well, at least at least Horn recently played and Jeremy Chin recently played. But yeah, they've been banged up on defense. They're upper quartile tie of the league in yards allowed defensively. But points i think their scoring defense is actually surprisingly pretty decent if i'm not mistaken well no i mean
1: their their yards they're they are 30. their yards
0: are good their points are bad
1: yeah they're 31st yeah. in scoring defense but their yards yeah. are seventh yeah now they you can look at turnover differential i think that's a big piece of the puzzle here where they've played for all of the all of these good yardage games you played the colts and gave up 198 yards he had one turnover then you gave up 295, 311, 264. Didn't have a turnover in any of those three games. Two of those were one-score losses. You had a one-score loss against Tampa Bay, but you had one turnover in that. So it's just like they haven't turned the ball over relative to a nine-touchdown, nine-interception ratio on the offensive side of the ball. You're not getting the ROI in the passing game in that way. So you have to really be opportunistic turning the ball over. And that's where guys like, Shaq Thompson and yep. J.C. Horn would have been really helpful for you Jerry to make James. more
0: splash impact plays and, and steal possessions. Their turnover percentage, their takeaway percentage on defense is 5.3 percent of drives. And dead last. It's absolutely dead last. And so nothing's easy for you, right? Nothing's easy for your offense, um, which has its own issues. Like we mentioned, a banged up offensive line, uh, lack of separation skill at wide receiver obviously hasn't been great for Bryce Young. And then not being able to lean on the run game, right? So, like, what can you lean on offensively? Yeah, They're they're not running the ball consistently. They don't get separation. They're banged up on the offensive line. They're not getting short fields, right? It's all hard. How's how's this for a manifestation of exactly what you just talked about? Carolina's average
1: possession is 6.3 plays per drive. That is fifth highest in the NFL. And yet their yards per possession is under 25, which is 30th in the NFL. So you have a top 5 pos- plays per possession and you're bottom 3 in
0: yards per possession.
1: Everything's hard.
0: Yep. While we're piling on probably a lack of a pass rusher opposite of Brian Burns, Justin Houston didn't work out, Yeter Grosmanos has not become an impact pass rusher in any way shape or form. I mean, it's been Luvu, but they've needed him in other they have need a freaking stack linebacker. Right, they've needed they've needed to move him around. Right. So uh, a multitude of, of reasons got us here, right? There's anything else you want to add here? I know like this is supposed to be a bit of a pile on session. The conversation certainly gets more encouraging, but
1: right. This- well, it's, you have to talk about the the pathway to, to getting here. Yeah. yeah. Before you talk about where you go from here. So I, I think in, in a retrospect from a personnel decision, I, I think we've, we've very well documented, at least for the last several seasons that that Carolina has kind of been spinning their tires. And I, Think when you get slammed in injuries the way that they did. New coaching sca- staff, new scheme. Who knows what the truth is as far as Frank Reich and the offense and what they wanted to do and Thomas Brown. Right, like don't want to get into hearsay. Right, you know, you've heard all kinds of things since Frank Reich's been dismissed that would seem to pin plenty of the blame at the feet of Frank Reich for this. Who knows where the truth is with that? Um, I, I do think it's interesting with the coaching changes that were made, and obviously you, you fire your coach midway through the season, so that's that's not going to help your sustainability either to make the playoffs, um, unless you're Rich Passaccia. Then you offload Deuce Staley, Josh McCown, Frank Wright. It's just like a very weird collection of talent that makes you feel like not everybody in-house was rowing in the same direction.
0: Short period of time, too, to get there
1: a an alarming period of time for that to yeah. already be rearing its head
0: yeah all right folks we're gonna look at the big decisions coming up and of course our levy grail segment of the carolina panthers so stick with us but look you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event game time is here for you it is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you they've got killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and a best price guarantee i mean simply put Simply put, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The app is awesome, super easy to navigate. I love the flash deals. You kind of like to just pop in there from time to time, see what kind of flash deals I will get offered, and they'll send you the tickets right to your phone. So you don't have to dig through emails or anything like that. It is super easy. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, Joseph. Yeah. The
1: bad news is Brian Burns' is contract decision you're going to have to make. The good news is it feels like an easy decision to make.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, high-impact young pass rusher that's 25 years old. You already don't have a, a, a compliment for him, so don't get rid of the thing you have. I, I think he's young enough to feel like he's going to be an answer for you. You know, like he's not going to expire before you, you could be a competitive football team.
1: Right. And so I, I, I do think just to interject really quick, I think that's the decision Carolina's going to have to make. You're in a quarterback rookie contract window. How quickly can you stack? And you you got to have an honest conversation because if it's better to tear things down, You don't have the draft capital this year to try and allocate and say, okay, the quarterback's just a year ahead of everybody else. Let's get the influx going right now. Or you can say, okay, we have a nucleus that we want to work with. Let's try to hit at a high batting average the rest of the way and fill in the gaps and try to compete and get the coaching figured out. I know what way I would go, but, and it it probably wouldn't involve me retaining all of the talent that we're going to talk about in this segment. Right. It's
0: being selective, right? I think even any team, it's about paying the right players. Brian Burns feels like the right player to pay, especially when you had chances to move him for significant returns and you didn't. Right. And so now I think you need to stay committed to Brian Burns. I think there are only two other players of consequence that are expiring deals. Kyle, Jeremy Chin and Frankie Louvu. Um, a lot of other expiring contracts, but you know, I'm talking like role players. I think these are the significant players that pop for me. Burns, Luvu, Chin, Chin's 25, Luvu's 27. And we got some contracts
1: with some void money here too. That
0: lots, yeah, lots of that.
1: So now, I, I let let's keep the main thing the main thing. I agree. I think Brian Burns, Frankie Luvu, Jeremy Chin are all no-brainer retention players for the Panthers. Now, if somebody comes knocking with two first-round picks again for Brian Burns, I might ask myself the question.
0: In a tag-and-trade situation?
1: Yeah. Because you you would presume they, they've kind of been at an impasse with contract negotiations all year long with that. Yeah. So you would probably presume that's a franchise tag to retain rights and then negotiate the contract. And if somebody else comes knocking with a deluxe offer, if I'm Carolina and I don't have a first round pick this year, that would take me again down that pathway of, well, we, we, we acquired the quarterback. It's a year ahead of everybody else, but let's actually get a spike in influx of young talent because... You look at some of these contracts, you look at the Shaq Thompson contract with the void money on the back end of it. So there's not a lot of flexibility to reduce the cap hit. You look at the Austin Corbett contract. That's a 10 plus million dollar cap hit this upcoming year with no flexibility because you got $7 million in void money in 2025, uh, 2025 behind it. You look at the Adam Thielen contract that already has five plus million dollars in void money in 2026, and he's under contract for the next two seasons, and he's due $10 million against the cap next 34 year. 34 years old. 34 years old. You look at the Justin Houston contract that's six million dollars in void money already. So you're you're gonna sink six million dollars in void money in Justin Houston, he's not even under contract for you next year.
0: Yep.
1: Like there, there's all these kinds of examples of the, the Dante Jackson contract. He's due $16 million in cap, and then he's got another seven and a half, eight million dollars in void money in 2025. That's gonna come against your cap. So we, we're talking about those contracts to say Carolina's currently scheduled in 2024 to have $39 million in cap space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't have a lot of levers to pull to reduce that.
0: Or I mean, increase you, you, that.
1: You, right. I mean, the yeah. DJ chart deal as an, another expiring contract, that's going to be draft dudes do math. One of the two, and it's about $5 million in boy money this year. 2024. You're going to lose $5 million for for void money for DJ Chark. Hayden Hurst. You could technically restructure that one if you wanted to, but yeah, it's a 30-year-old tight
0: end. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Levers Kyle. There are some levers that Carolina can pull if they if they would like to. 30 like you mentioned, $31 million in cap space. That's 13th most in the NFL. And they do have 41 players signed, which is a pretty healthy amount of of players to be signed at this point. Yes. Because only um, the
1: top 51
0: count against the cap throughout the off season. So ways that they can create additional cap space, cut candidates. I think Ian Thomas is one for me. Uh, you save $2.4 million they there. Do that deal. Uh, it feels more recent than it was, but it, yeah, that was always a goofy contract. You, I would get out of it as now Dante Jackson. Like you mentioned, you can save $6 million with his release. Yes. You'd have some dead cap accumu- accumulation. I think you have three restructure candidates. Do you have more, but when I talk about restructure candidates, they are players that, you want to stay connected to without question because you're just pushing money down the line. You don't want to do that with players that you potentially might want to get out of their deal. Three guys that come to mind for me there. One of them, Taylor Moton, $8.7 million in cap savings with a restructure. Bradley Bozeman, I think has been a solid center for them. You get 2 million there. And then a guy that I would think about is shy Tuttle uh, at three and a half million dollars. If you wanted to create that additional cap space, you also can look at an extension for Derek Brown. Uh, right now, playing under the fifth-year option, and so you can give him an extension, reduce that cap hit, and you can you can find some cap space there if you want to stay committed to Derek Brown uh, beyond the 2024 season. So I think those are your most logical pathways for cap space, and so you could probably get to around 50 million dollars, which is a healthy amount of space to work with. Um, but yeah they've they've got some medicine to take when it comes to Uh, like you mentioned, void years, but also the amount of dead cap that they're sitting on right now for deals for Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore that really hurt their rollover cap space opportunities. Right.
1: So if you're not familiar with rollover cap, whatever you don't use annually, you can carry over to the following year. Yep. Um, And there are two things. Like, we can't even cut Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, you you would cut Andy Dalton, you'd lose money against the cap versus what he's on the books for. So stuff like that's frustrating because one of the recent trends across the league for some of the more progressive front offices like Philadelphia and Cleveland, they restructure everybody. We've talked about this, right? Mm -hmm. So the thought process is, okay, we restructure everybody and we defer cap space because, yes, we are putting off money to future years. But the thought process is the salary cap, barring another global pandemic, because it's the <laughs> only time the salary cap has regressed in ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: To my knowledge. <laughs> has, yeah. It has
1: been the 20, that 2021 salary cap because of the 2021 season when there was all the lost revenue share, because there were no ticket sales. Right. Um, if I spend a dollar now and I pay the bill next year, or the year after that, and a dollar is worth more than than it is now, then I technically paid less than a dollar when I actually paid yep. the bill. Yep. Perfect way to put it. I've never heard it put like that, and I love it. So that's a very good, you'll hear like Philadelphia restructured, um, I don't know, just a, a Fletcher Cox, just hypothetically. And it's like, oh, they only got $2 million in space. Why'd they do that? And it's because it becomes two, three years from now, it can become well, they say three million dollars in space. Yep. So Carolina can't really do that. So that's something to look for moving forward. Is you said, I think it best, take your medicine with the contracts that you've currently given out. But you need to have an eye towards more flexibility moving forward, because I think that's the thing that I, that stands out the most about Carolina with their cap situation. And because they don't really have draft pick assets, I, I would say all around, they're a pretty uh, unflexible state of affairs going into this offseason.
0: Fair enough. All right, we're going to talk about some other decisions that they have to make, including the head coach, the fifth-year option on J.C. Horn, and, of course, our Levy Grail all coming up here in just a moment. Stick with us. But, look, I know we come to sports to escape Uh, from some of the crazy realities of life. But can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or my daughter got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from having life-saving medications that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat A long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and more. This stuff can happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter, and that will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order uh, that's jacemedical.com. Use our code locked on for $20 off your order. Did we
1: acknowledge Derek Brown?
0: I did. I talked about him as an extension candidate. So if they How'd wanted to trade candidate for me. Okay. I mean, I don't
1: see so, so you'd save $11.1 1 million in cap space because it's a fully guaranteed salary that you could offload. And a team yeah. could con- convert that as a part of a signing bonus to base minimum salary, get a new contract on the books, and have a very small salary cap hit space for the first year of the New Deal.
0: They also might just want to keep Derek Brown.
1: Right. They they could. <laughs> they, yeah. they could. But that's a player for me from a salary cap perspective. It's an expiring contract next year. He doesn't make the impact plays that would justify – he's a good player. But he doesn't make the impact plays that would justify him being a mid-teens or up interior defensive lineman in my mind. And that might be a player that – what if Detroit calls? And I know Lee McNeil's been a, a nice player, but just hypothetically throwing a team out there that like, could you get a day two pick for for Derek Brown? I'd probably do it. it the cap space flexibility and the extra draft pick would be worth it for me just a, if we're talking about where Carolina's at right now.
0: Yeah, and also I think it'd be a little unlikely for the same reasons that you have questions about. Them giving him a lucrative contract extension. Would you really want to give up an assets and then give him that extension, right? Like I feel like that mm-hmm. applies both ways when you're considering sure. if, if that would go down. uh Fifth year options uh, decision Carolina has to make on JC Horn, and he gets the basic number. It's going to be 11.9 million dollars. Yes. That feels like an easy yes, right? I mean, health's yeah. been the only issue. Here. When he's on the field, he's great. So, and that's that's not a big number for a, a corner of, of his skill set. 11.9 million dollars. So they'll need to do that, and then they'll need to hire a head coach, Kyle. Um, and maybe that kind of allows us to transition into the Levy Grail, um, which nice. is the now the point in time where we really flip to the positives of the uh, discussion. And, Go of on. course, you know we say, have to say? Say the line, Bart. Say the line. Fight on, my man. I am hurt, hurt but I am but not, I am not slain. slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise right. and we'll fight again. We're going to find yeah. your optimism here, Carolina Panthers, and that probably starts from uh, getting a new head coach. and. I have a lot of feelings about what Carolina should do at head coach. And part of me doesn't feel like what I think should happen is going to align with align with what Dave Tepper is going to want, because I feel like he's going to want like this really robust resume guy, you know, to come in and, and take control of some things. If I'm, if I'm Dave Tepper, I am prioritizing a Kyle Shanahan disciple as my head coach, because I feel like that's going to be what's going to give Bryce Young his best opportunity to have success in the NFL. And so, you know, my first interview is going to be with Bobby Slowick from the Houston Texans, and then I'll find out some other candidates from there, but I think that's exactly what Bryce Young needs.
1: Uh, Not for nothing, at least on the rumor mill, Frank Smith, offensive coordinator for Mike McDaniel, um, the rumor mill has invoked that name potentially as well as an interview candidate. Yes, those guys, yes. Yeah, I think it's the right blend of the traits of – Of Bryce Young, right? You have this number one overall pick at quarterback that has a unique skill set that if you tailor your offense to it, you can get pretty excited about you know Bryce and his playmaking ability, uh, his accuracy. I think those are things that stand out for Bryce. We've seen quarterbacks that maybe don't pop in the most robust physical tools, have a lot of success running these kinds of offenses. Case in point, South Beach and San Francisco right now, the Bay Area. Oh, Brock Purdy's not a high-tools guy. That's why he was Mr. Relevant. To a tongue of a low, it does, is always going to be measured against Justin Herbert because he went one pick before him. And the physical tools are never going to match up to Justin Herbert. But those guys are capable of playing efficient, effective, and impactful football with yeah. the right group around them. And that's what you're going to have to try to replicate – with Bryce young. And because of that, I, I think you're barking up the right tree with the, the
0: style of offense that you're, you're suggesting. Other reasons for optimism. I, I think for all of that, we just discussed with their cap position and they certainly have some albatross deals and dead cap and void years and things that you don't love to see. They're not in cap hell. You know, they're not right. I, like they're, they're, there's so many worse many situations. Things. Yeah. There are so many worse situations out there. So I think for where they're at, it's a somewhat reasonable cap position, and for the conversation about draft capital, you know they don't have their first round pick this year, and that stings because it's going to be the number one overall pick. Okay, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to, to to slant that in any other way, shape, or form. But you still have a two, three, four, two fives, and a six, and then everything's normal in 2025, right? So mm-hmm. you're kind of you're you're gonna get out of this pretty quickly. And I think f- f- part of the McCaffrey deal it was that offset a little bit of what you. The, you know, the big price tag that you paid to, to go up to one with Chicago. So you, you reasonable resources here. Yeah. And, and say what you
1: will about the dead money this year that the Panthers are going through. Their two highest dead cap numbers for next year are less than a million dollars. It's Brandon great. Smith and, and Matt Corral, right? Awesome. So it's not like you're burning cap on players that are not here. That's another plus. A lot of times you have a really ugly year with that. And obviously Carolina, with the trade deadline last year for Christian McCaffrey, it deferred a lot of the guarantees that were left on that contract into this year. So you're, you're paying a lot of the money against the cap for a player that you traded last October. That sucks. You're not doing that next year. Yeah. So you can make sure all of your investments and all that you're spending is going into next year's product, which is good.
0: I think Carolina, whether you like Bryce Young or not, the fact that they do have an identified direction at quarterback, I think is something to celebrate if you're Carolina. There's at least a, a diligence period here, right? There's a lot invested here. He's going to okay. get time to prove himself. And I'm not sure you can say that about any other team in the NFC South. Does any team in the NFC South have like a very clear, defined quarterback situation? Like, that's good that you're like, it's Derek Carr. I'd rather, you know what I mean? Would you really rather have that situation? This- I think. Having that, having your quarterback figured out and an opportunity to prove himself in an overall division that I don't think has much figured out at all, right? Like, this is the right division to be in if you're Carolina to give yourself a chance to get out of the hole. It's not like you're staring up at Philly or San Francisco or Kansas City or something like that. So I'd
1: I'd say this in that light. This division is going to be a race to who figures quarterback out first. Mm -hmm. Because the first team that gets that figured out is going to have a big advantage with how wide open this division is. You got Tampa with Baker Mayfield. You got Atlanta with Desmond Ritter. And then you have New Orleans with Derek Carr, which feels like the worst of the situations right now because there's a lot of inflexibility there. And, yeah, and we, yeah. it, we're presuming the Saints are going to get a Levy Grail at some point or a, a post mortem at some point. So we'll talk about that then and there. Carolina, you got a rookie contract player, the number one overall pick your hand-selected choice at quarterback, and now you have a year of an evaluation to pick pieces to go around that player. You are ahead of the game long-term in the NFC South versus everybody else. That is the number one selling point for Carolina and reason for optimism in my mind.
0: I think one other thing that I'd like to bring up here as we find reasons for optimism is I think we can all agree that Dave Tepper is a problem here. But so this is supposed I, to be a positive segment. Yeah, it it is, and I think I needed to say that to get to where I wanted to get. This dude's come under fire, man. Like, people are very critical, rightfully so, of Dave Tepper. And I I know that he had some experience with minority ownership in, in the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that's probably a big arena to step into, owning a football team. You're paying a gazillion dollars for it. And, I mean, I... I remember when Michael Jordan bought the there was the Charlotte Bobcats. He made he had a, a, a line that was like, yeah, I paid you know x amount of money. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I want with this. You know what I mean? Like you would certainly want to have your Im- imprints on an on an operation. And I think that's probably hard for these billionaires that buy football teams to get out of the way and let football people make football decisions. But man, has he? He'd like to think he's learned a few things over the the last few years that might position himself to do that. When do and you so buy that's the team? what I'm hopeful of man it, it's uh it was Rivera's whenever Rivera's last year was so he's had two years of rule four years ago okay and just as somebody who steam had an
1: owner who bought the team who also was very hands-on and a very accomplished business person uh, but hands-on in I think negative ways uh Stephen Ross was like that when he bought the, the Dolphins in 08 um that gradual progression to where I think Stephen Ross is at now in total took 10 years, but you saw enough changes along the way where you feel like Tepper's going to be on, start to be on that curve. If that's going to happen.
0: And Ross learned hard lessons, right? Right. And, and you, you'd hope you'd hope that Tepper has learned some hard lessons in the last right. few years. Right. And um, we'll see what he does, but. That would give me some hope that you feel like the hard part of the transition should be starting to look like it's in the rearview mirror. We'll find yeah. out.
1: So Panthers fans uh, don't cry because it's over smile because it happened. The 2023 Carolina Panthers, our postmortem, our outlook, our Levy grail reason for optimisms, that's going to do it. And we will shift our focus next to whichever team, gets the E next to their it name. Might be the Patriots, Kyle. It might be the New England Patriots. Uh, there were some elimination <laughs> scenarios for them last week that they they dodged some bullets. Uh, they are sitting with 10 losses. They are nipping at the heels of Carolina in the, the standings at the bottom of the standings, so we'll see. Uh, but we will deliver our next post-mortem after our next eliminated team. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We are locked on NFL Scouting. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. We are out of here. Peace.